Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah. Running Back Nation, what is good? Sixers, sickos, what is good? Sixers win on a beautiful Friday night. Instant reaction right now. The Philadelphia 76ers beat the Toronto Raptors 121 to 111 in what was one of the Weirdest games I have watched this season. Um, after absolutely showing up and showing out against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Sixers came into this game. And man, there was just a very weird energy in the air from the jump. Um, Joel Embiid on Jakob Pertle in the beginning of this game was so bad. I couldn't figure it out. And the second half was a totally different story. The first half was terrible. The first quarter was terrible. We were down by 14, I think, to the Toronto Raptors in the first quarter of this game. And it, it was wild because you just watched Joel dominate Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, some bigs, uh, a, a former back-to-back defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. And those of us that watch and play Joel know that he's never been able to guard Joel Embiid. But either way, you watch Joel absolutely dominate and have one of his best games of the season, one of the best games of his career against the number one seed in the West and the number one rated defense in the league. And then he comes out in this game against Jakob Pertl. And for some reason, looked completely out of sync, completely out of touch, looked off balance, looked, uh, it looked like Joel Embiid was playing FIFA all night and just didn't sleep at all. And then, you know what I mean? You ever stay up all night and try to play a basketball game? That's what it looked like to me in the first quarter. Um, I didn't think he was getting Pirtle under the rim like he should have in the first quarter. I didn't think he was being physical in the first quarter. There was a, a sequence where he had like back-to-back turnover and then tried to completely foul bait on the other end and didn't get the call. The first quarter was so off. Um, it was wild. And then he rolls his ankle on Jakob Pirtle's foot on a play. And I was just like, dude, can we not with this game? Can we just turn this game off? Can we just n- n- pretend this didn't happen? It was the, the energy was so odd that I, I I just felt like something bad was going to happen, right? And then Joel turns his ankle on Pirtle, and we're in the playback chat, like, please, dear God, no, because it looked bad, dude. That replay did not look good for the ankle. It hurt my ankle watching that. I thought he was cooked. I thought it was a 90-degree boom, torn ligaments the whole nine. He stays in the game, and you know what? By the end of it, you absolutely have no choice but to commend Joel Embiid for what he did tonight because he ends up playing the rest of the damn game on one leg, can't can't jump. He's He's making moves to the rim, getting wide open bunnies, can hardly can, seven foot one two can hardly put the ball over top of the rim. His ankle hurts that much. Then he stays in the game the whole time and even goes on a run in the third quarter where he he got a spark of something. I don't know. Somebody pissed him off. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was the horse tranquilizer at halftime in the ankle. Bang! You know something happened. He went on a run in the third quarter that it, it just seemed like he let his adrenaline take over the pain he was feeling in the ankle and uh, 
he started cooking in the third, and that's when he really started to get Pirtle down low under the basket and really started to dominate him. Like I thought he should have in the beginning of the game. Jakob Pirtle can't guard you. You should you should have had him under the rim in foul trouble in the first five minutes. It didn't go that way, but you know he he ends up doing it in the third quarter on a bum ankle. Everybody that hits me up all the time in the comments and everywhere that says Embiid's soft, he's always questionable, Embiid doesn't play through injury, Embiid load manages too much. This is what, what you're seeing this year is totally different. It's totally different this year. What you just saw was not soft. Most NBA players leave that game and don't come back. Most of them, Anthony, Anthony Davis would be out for a month with that injury. Uh, it's the Nick Nurse thing this season, man. He said he wants Joel to play more, and I just I, I love what Nick Nurse is doing with the mentality of you fight with the guys you have, and if you fail, you live with it. But the the, the whole overprotecting Joel Embiid for his entire career, it's done. We're not doing it anymore. We're finally here. It took a long time, and. Uh, me personally, I probably would have sat him out anyway, because I'm like, all right, it's a Toronto Raptors game in in December, you know. But I don't hate the fact that he stayed in the game and got it done by the end of it. Uh, Super chat, K Cell, thank you for supporting the channel. I appreciate you. He says, appreciate the content, Eastwood. Ten dollars super chat from K Cell. Shout out to you, my man. Thank you for supporting the channel. Thank you for anybody that supports the channel. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm still just kind of shocked that thousands of people listen to me talk about the Sixers, to be honest. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, let's get back to business. Thank you for your support. Tobias Harris! Tobias Harris. My goodness. Tobias Harris. I'm going to save this one. Give me one minute. We got some bills to pay. Listen to my sponsor and do what they say. And I'm going to talk about Tobias Harris, man. Before we get into the show, let me talk to you about the sponsor of today's show, Aura. Are you tired of constantly receiving spam calls to the point where you don't even answer your phone anymore? This is mine just recently. What this is, is data brokers selling your information. It's kind of scary and creepy to think that your information is out there like that. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. Brokers are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it very difficult. Let Aura do it for you. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you can't see. It's very easy to set up and the app does so many things for you, like parental controls, antivirus, VPN, password management, identity theft insurance, and more at one affordable price. Let Aura do the hard work of keeping you safe online so that you can focus on other tasks and peace of mind. You can either let people continue to exploit and profit off your private information, or you can go to Aura.com slash run it back to start your two-week free trial. Click the link in the description to get started. Thank you, Aura, for sponsoring the show. 302 people in here. Give me 302 likes. Thank you all for being here. We're going to get to the chat. Make sure you're active in the chat. We're going to talk about all the rest of the things that happen in this game. Uh, Jonathan Himes with a super chat. Thank you for supporting the channel. Thank you for being a member of the channel. I think Joel playing the entire first back third of the second entire third and whatever they need in the fourth has helped Joe a ton. He needs that structure. There's definitely been a structure. Um, I think Doc and Brett Brown both had a structure for him. Also, they kind of ran the same thing no matter what. I think Nick Nurse is a little bit more flexible with the structure. You know, um, I think if they could have kept extending the lead uh, in the fourth, they probably wouldn't have brought him back in at all. But I agree with you. I like the way that he staggers uh, Joel, Maxi. Um, I, I really do. I really do like what Nick Nurse does with the staggering. I love the fact that the beginning of the fourth quarter is Maxi time. There's so many different looks you can give teams. You know, Pat Bev didn't play in this game, but there's. There's uh, segments of games where Maxie's out there as the lead guard, then Maxie's out there with Pat Bev, Maxie's out there as the main scorer, then then Embiid comes back in and they run the two-man game. There's there's a lot of different looks, there's a lot of creativity, and that is just having a real NBA head coach who has now uh, beat his former team, what, three times this season? Three times? Are we 3-0 against the Toronto Raptors? I think we are. John... Castigli, I'm sorry about your last name. John C. Sorry about your last name. I'm sorry I can't say your last name. 
I'm not sorry about your last name. <laughs> John C. Thanks for the support. Merry Christmas to you and your family. I can't wait to see what Maury does at the deadline. I would love OG and Dougie McBuckets. Dougie McBuckets! Yeah, we're going to talk about OG too because I know people are going to be prisoners of the moment with that. But we got to start with Tobias Harris, okay? Because people are going to be prisoners of the moment with this too. All right? Now, Tobias Harris had 33 points. All right, let me get the stats up here. Tobias Harris had 33 points in this game. And I love it. Thank you, Tobias Harris, you know? Thank you for finally showing up. Thank you for joining the party, Tobias Harris. Thank you for one of the very few times you've played like a high-paid NBA player. I'm not even going to say max contract player. Thank you. You know, we're not going to... That's the thing. People are going to celebrate. People are going to celebrate. You know what I mean? This is what you're supposed to do, Tobias. This is how you're supposed to play all five years of the contract, Tobias Harris. So I don't want people coming at me saying, look, and you know, you talk shit on Tobias all the time and look what he did and look what he did. You know what that reminds me of? That's like those people that celebrate taking care of their kids. You know, well, like the people on Mari, you know what I mean? I take care of my kids. I take care of my kids. You're supposed to take care of your damn kids, bro. You're celebrating that? What, are we supposed to give you a round of applause? You're supposed to drop 33 once in a while for $500,000 a game. <laughs> oh, people are insane, but I love it. It was a great game from Tobias Harris. He was confident early. He was physical early. And this reminds me of what he was doing at the beginning of the season where I said Nick Nurse unlocked Tobias Harris. Remember those first five, six, seven, eight games? And we said Nick Nurse unlocked Tobias Harris. And he was staying square. He was being strong. He was fighting through contact instead of trying to go around defenders. He was finishing strong and one, getting to his spots. Um, I saw the interview that he did after practice. I think it was yesterday where he said, uh, he, he's, he needs to be consistent. He didn't say he needs to be more consistent. He said, staying consistent. And I was like, are you saying you need to be more whatever? Um, but they asked him about basically why he's only shooting 2.4 three pointers a game this season, which is. You know, as a as a as a as a wing with Embiid and Maxi on the floor, you got to be shooting five, six, seven threes a game, dude. It's just the way the NBA is right now. And they asked him about those three point attempts and why he isn't getting many up. And I thought tonight he looked a lot more focused. Now, some people say that it seems like Tobias Harris watches this YouTube channel. He does have me blocked on Instagram and Twitter, so I mean. Somebody might be sending him little screen recordings of shit that I say. <laughs> it would be funny if somebody said my name to him and he was like, yo, yeah, I hate that guy, dude. That loser nobody on YouTube talking all that shit every year. Um, But yeah, it looked like he was a lot more uh, focused and it looked like he told himself in the beginning of this game, hey, I need to play strong. I need to play hard. I need to get some threes up. You know, he shot nine threes in this game. That's the thing about Tobias Harris, though. It's not an instinctual thing. He doesn't have that dog in him. He has to be told. He has to be reminded. You know? How do you shoot two three-pointers a game, and then you come out in this game and you shoot nine of them? Obviously, he was focused on getting more threes up. The problem is, if you don't stay on his ass, he reverts right back to what he is naturally, which is just a guy. Okay? So whoever's sending him my shit, thank you. Whatever Nick Nurse is saying to him before the game, it worked in this one. And he had the shot falling. He had the three falling. He was getting to the, the mismatch on smaller players in the post. Had a couple of and one finishes, finishing through contact, like I said. That's nice to see from Tobias Harris. Um, 33 points plus eight, eight rebounds. Seven assists for Tobias. Is that a career high? Is that a career high? Seven assists. I always say Tobias Harris has blinders on. 
He had seven damn assists in the game. Great game from Tobias Harris. All I'm saying is keep it up. Keep it up. That's what we need from you. That's what we need from you. Um, Abby LM in the chat. Where's my... Where's my... Uh, where's my... Uh, oh, I don't have the thing on Before here. Before we get into the show, let me talk oh, to you about the sponsor. It. Damn it. Damn it. I'm hitting the wrong buttons. Uh, I got to add something real quick. Sorry. Behind the scenes. I think I can add the comment thing so I can bring comments on the screen. Yeah, there we go. I did it. Producer Eastwood in the building. All right. Abby LM, thanks for being here. Trust me, Nick Nurse would not play Tobias, let alone start him if he didn't believe in him. Well, I said at the start of this game, you know, when I looked at the starting lineup, I said Tobias Harris continues to survive the starting lineup. Seems like everything can change uh, they can change a million things on a team, and one thing that sticks is Tobias Harris never gets moved out of the starting lineup. He's on an expiring contract. He's being paid $40 million a year. They've been trying to trade him every year. If you bench him, you are telling the rest of the league Tobias Harris stinks, and then he has no trade value. He sticks in the starting lineup because of the contract and because every single trade deadline they try to trade him. That's what I think. Now, before I talk about Tobias, uh, before I talk about what Tyrese Maxey did in the game and some other things, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and do this, Phil. Phil, thanks, thanks for joining me, Phil. I saw some of your comments today on my OG Ananobi video. Uh, the first of all, the basketball gods hate me as a content creator. Okay, I'm gonna throw that out there. I could put up a video. In 1997, saying Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time, and that day he would put up a goose egg. <laughs> I make a video today just trying to explain with clips, with game film, what OG Ananobi would bring to your team defensively and offensively. And yeah, he's been struggling recently on the Toronto Raptors, and he comes out tonight, and it's just funny because... I also compared OG Ananobi's catch-and-shoot statistics literally side-by-side side with Tobias Harris's catch-and-shoot statistics. And the basketball gods say, oh yeah? Watch this. And Tobias Harris goes out and has the best damn game of his Sixers tenure on OG Ananobi's head? You can't make this shit up. I'm telling you right now, you could sit with me at a blackjack table, and if they allowed you to put money against me, you would win money. All I'm saying is, OG Ananobi is a perfect fit as a high-level role player, 3 and D, for the Philadelphia 76ers team. I see other people in the chat saying he averages 14 points per game with a clown emoji. Smoke 2 on 5. Uh, Tobias ha had to have smashed your... All right, dude. <laughs> Tobias had to have smashed your lady or something because the hate makes no sense. Smoke 215. Your name fits because you clearly want the smoke. Tobias Harris must have smashed my lady because the hate makes no sense. No. Tobias Harris did not smash my lady. You know what Tobias did for me to hate him so much? He stunk for five years! He stunk for five years! Being paid $40 million a year! You guys are going to see one damn game and come at me with dumb shit like this! There you go, clown. Have a nice night. You got what you wanted out of me, though. You got a good reaction. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Dude, he fucking sucked for most of the contract. It shouldn't... I shouldn't have to explain this. He drops 31 game, and you guys are going to act... Come on, bro. I knew this was going to happen. This is why I got to be selective with the chat. Jesus. Bro, are you... Are you oh, my God. 
I shouldn't have read that. I saw it. I saw it. I shouldn't have read it. I saw it and I shouldn't have read it. Where was I? OG Ananobi is just a, a high-level role player that would fit perfectly as a 3 and D player. The numbers don't lie. OG Ananobi is not a scorer. So people that throw in, are throwing out the he only averages 14 points per game. He's not a shot creator. He's playing on a team that doesn't have a shot creator, that doesn't even have a point guard, Dennis Schroeder. They don't even have an offensive like engine. And you got players like Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam constantly trying to create shots for themselves when really they are just a role player. They're a guy that's supposed to fit into space beside some star players and do their thing. That's what OG Ananobi is. Nobody thinks OG Ananobi should average 25 points per game. We're not. That's the thing. I'm not looking for a high-level scorer. We have two of those. Some people are looking for that, and they, 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 they think paying Zach Levine that money makes more sense. Either way, what I like about the, the stretch that OG's on is that his trade value might be going down. Now, depending on what the Toronto Raptors ask... You're going to say, no, I'm not saying give up three first-round picks for the guy and then give him a, a max contract. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Smoke 215, man. You got me off my game a little bit. I got to commend you. I got to commend you. It's the clown emoji that pissed me off. If you want to have a conversation like adults, then just have the conversation. Here, let me explain to you how you do this. I know a lot of you guys in this new age in the new generation, have never been outside and never communicated with somebody in real life. Here's how you do it. Somebody says something to you, and you say, hey, I disagree, and here's why. What do you think of this? And then that person says, nah, I don't get it. I think you're a little bit off on this here. And then you say, okay, agree to disagree. High five. Let's have a beer together. That's how people communicate in real life. Do you understand? No, you don't, because you never went outside and talked to anybody. Most of you guys would get beat up in a bar. So I'm just letting you know, if you're under 21, which a lot of you probably are, you're going to have to learn how to communicate if one day you want to go outside. Okay? People today communicate by saying, you have no idea what you're talking about. Clown emoji, clown emoji, clown emoji. <sighs> let me get back to my... Let me get back to my show. <laughs> Tyrese Maxey saved us. Okay? Nightly awards, here's what we're going to do. Player of the game. My player of the game? My player of the game. Ooh, this is tough. I can't give it to all three, can I? I can't give it to all three. Uh, my player of the game. My player of the game. Just me. Just me. But my player of the game, Tyrese Maxey. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, I would love to give it to Joel playing on a hurt ankle. I mean, that if you give it to Joel, that's fine, too. I'm not going to disagree with you. Here's what I think. Tyrese Maxey, once again, fourth quarter, and beat on the bench. Bum ankle. Tyrese Maxey took over the game again. Took over the game again. 23-year-old Tyrese Maxey taking over over the game again. Two huge threes in a row down the stretch. One around a screen or off a step back dribble. Um, and then one, he just, you know, he was just feeling it. He's about 35 feet from the rim. And he says, I'm just going to shoot this. And just the body language when he let it fly, he kind of just backed up and walked away because he knew it was money. It's one of the best feelings in basketball when you let one fly and you're just like, that's fucking going in. I'll see you guys on the other side of the court. When you needed something, when you needed someone to step up and put them away while Joel Embiid has a hurt ankle uh, and, 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 and Tobias Harris didn't have the hottest second, didn't have as hot of a second half as he did the first half. Tyrese Maxey stepped up once again, put the team on his shoulders and put him away. And I just love it because so many people 
think they have a crystal ball. And so many people thought they could predict Tyrese Maxey can't lead a team. Tyrese Maxey will never be the guy. Tyrese Maxey will never be clutch. He'll never be a guy that can lead you in the fourth. How many times now, just this season, have you seen Tyrese Maxey lead this team in the fourth quarter? He's doing it again. He's doing it. Came into the league, he can't shoot. Goes into the offseason, learns how to shoot. Now he's one-dimensional. He's just a scorer. Comes into the next offseason, adds some combo to his game, adds some dribble moves, adds some array of step backs and and layup right, left. Becomes a great finisher around the rim. All right, but he's not a facilitator. Comes back the next year, this year, averaging seven assists per game. And he wasn't a leader. Comes back this season, and all he was lacking the first couple of years was confidence. And all of a sudden, he's finishing through contacts, screaming and Fucking one, yelling at referees, yelling at other players, getting fired up. Tyrese Maxey has it all now. Has it all. The ball handling. I still wish he had a face-up crossover. I I would love, if he had an Iverson hesitation left to right, he would maybe be a top five player in the league. But he doesn't. But either way, he's got the shot. He's passing the ball. He's running the offense. He's stepping up in huge moments. He's confident. And, uh, you know, everybody said we won't win without the other guy that quit on us this summer and refused to come back. I think Tyrese Maxey's stepping into that role and perfectly. And just, just another game for Tyrese Maxey. Just clutch, bro. Just clutch. Just just when you need something, fourth quarter, Raptors are scrapping. We need to put them away. We need the, a couple of daggers. He gives it to you, man. He gives it to you. That's Tyrese Maxey. It's amazing. Another 30-plus point game for Tyrese Maxey. Remember in the summer when I was saying, I think Tyrese Maxey can be a 26-point-per-game all-star this season. And people were like, you're crazy. You're crazy. And I didn't think it was too crazy to say. I, all the signs were there. All the signs were there. He's, he is, he's so confident right now. Struggled a little bit the past couple of games shooting the ball. Bro. He, and it, to get up 10 three-point attempts, he's four for 10 from three. Tyrese Maxey's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. So uh, player of the game, game changer. I got to rework the awards. I think player of the game and game changer are too, too similar. We got to come up with better awards, but either way, Tobias, we can call the game changer because he dropped 33. Uh, he rarely ever drops 33. His career high is 39. Did you know that? Tobias Harris never had a 40-point game in his career. Never. Not one night against the Washington Wizards did Tobias Harris drop 40. Never. <laughs> 11 years. 11 years, max contract player. Never had a 40-piece, never made an all-star team. Had 24 at halftime. I thought, we're actually going to get a Tobias Harris 40-piece. Eh, 33. But again, I like what Tobias did in the game. I would love for him to do that more consistently. So we'll, we'll give Tobias Harris game changer, all right? Because he doesn't normally drop 33. So he definitely changed the game by dropping 33. I love that. Fraud of the night. Fraud of the night. Who are we going to give that to? Let's go look at Toronto's stats and do fraud of the night. Who was the worst player on the floor for the Toronto Raptors? Um, fraud of the night. Pascal dropped 31 on us. Shot 12 free throws. Um, You know what? I made the video today. I made the OG Ananobi video today. I said he'd be a perfect fit on the Sixers. I still think that. This Toronto Raptors team is not good. They don't have a plan. They don't have a strategy. They, it's just a bunch of randomness. It's been a bunch of randomness for a couple years now. They've been needing to change something major. And they're they're 11 and 17. They they If they refuse to trade these guys this season, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, fraud of the night, OG Ananobi. He's stunk in this game. There you go. I think he's, again, I think he's a good role player that would fit with some some actual NBA stars. There's no actual NBA stars on this team. 
OG Ananobi was bad. Fraud of the night. There you go. Uh, what else you guys got for me in the chat? And then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go through my notes and talk about some other things. Thank you for subscribing to the channel. Peer Rage. Uh, A, my guy. Shout out to A, member of the channel. Always supporting the channel. He's in the playback streams all the time. He's on the YouTube streams all the time. Appreciate the support. Tobias Harris is consistent at being inconsistent. Houdini Harris. And yeah, I'm not going to go back and forth with people on Twitter or whatever uh, about it. I'm just going to say, you know, I, I hope he's I hope he's more consistent with it. You know, if he comes because if you if you stand on a mountain and tell everyone they were wrong about Tobias Harris and he puts up a stinker next game, you're going to look like the dumb one. <laughs> Don't be prisoners of the moment. Um. All right, let's go through the notes, man, and then and then I'll, I'll hang out, read the chat, and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, first quarter, Marcus Morris. So starting Marcus Morris on this squad is still a problem. Obviously, you're without Nick Batum. Uh, you played without DeAnthony Melton tonight, without Patrick Beverly tonight. The starting lineup was rough because there wasn't – Maxie's the only guard in that lineup. You got, you got Morris – uh, Embiid, Tobias, Covington, was he starting? No, he wasn't starting. Who else was in there? I forget. Whatever. Tobias, Embiid, Maxi, Morris, Ubre. Ubre was in there. Um, Marcus Morris is a guy that can give you some offense at this stage of his career, but he is so bad defensively, it is unbearable. And the Sixers were down by 14 to the Toronto Raptors in the first couple of minutes of this game, in seven minutes. And Marcus Morris's defense, or absolute lack thereof, was the reason for that. He got beat so many times in the beginning of this game. And I watched the same thing when you started him at center against the Pelicans. He can't defend at this stage of his career. He can't move fast enough. I mean, not even close. Everybody just blows by him. And he can't box out, and he can't. I, I like Morris in spurts, but if you're in situations with this roster where you have to start Marcus Morris, you're in big trouble because he can't defend anyone in the NBA. There's my take on Marcus Morris in the first quarter. Uh, let's see. Joel Embiid looks sloppy early. Man, he looks sloppy early, dude. What was he doing in the beginning of this game? Turnovers. I mean, he couldn't do anything. He actually got the ball down low one time in the first where I was like, why isn't he getting the ball under the rim? You know, put Pirtle under the rim, dude. He can't guard you. And he he lost the ball out of bounds. He threw a couple of them out of bounds, uh, trying to make some ill-advised passes. He had, how many turnovers did you, he had six turnovers. I feel like five of them were in the first quarter. It was a crazy start to the to, to this game. Uh, Jakob Pirtle was having the game of his life to start this game, dude. What did he hit? 16 floaters in the first quarter. Jakob Pertl couldn't miss in the first quarter. Uh, it was it was wild to see, you know, Joel dominate the Minnesota Timberwolves and then come out and look like he was getting his ass kicked by Jakob Pertl. And then, of course, hurt his ankle and uh, had a better game on a bum ankle than he did before he hurt his ankle. So, I, you know, I don't know. It was one of the worst starts to a game that I've definitely seen all season. And Tobias Harris had the hot first quarter, was keeping us alive in the first quarter. Um, so we, did, we didn't sink too far. We were down by 14, though. It wasn't fun. All right, second quarter, Paul Reed. Uh, air ball to three. <laughs> but then he had a block on the other end. Uh, shout out to Paul Reed. He's just that guy. He's just a, just a firecracker. You never know what's going to happen. Um, there was a set, a series where Daniel House Jr. did some of the dumbest things I've ever seen, and I wrote it down here. Uh, first of all, we're still in the second quarter. Joel Embiid blocks Jakob Pertl twice. The bum ankle. He's limping around. He's still blocking shots. Just an absolute warrior in this game. Uh, he airballed a dunk to start the third. That's when I knew his ankle was seriously hurt. He had a nice spin move baseline, seven foot one, seven foot two. Uh, you think he's gonna dunk it, and he just like couldn't jump, threw the ball over the rim. It was crazy. And then he he ran the entire length of the floor. A couple of plays later, made the lay in, but tumbled into the front row because he couldn't pr brace himself, and the ankle was was just hurting him so bad. 
I'm interested to get an update on Joel Embiid's ankle uh, because, you know, he sprained it pretty bad, dude. When I saw that replay, I was like, wow. I thought it went 90 degrees. I thought he was done. I thought he was going to get carted off the or carried off the court. Um, the fact that he continued to play was crazy, but he wakes up in the morning. That thing might look like a softball. You know what I'm saying? So we'll find out, man. We could be, you know, knock on wood. Uh, hopefully we're not looking at an extended period of, of games without Joel, but that roll of the ankle did not look fun. Um, getting to the mid-range on the block. Oh, yeah, the, the end of the third is when he really started cooking. So he, it, it was like the it was like the defensive plays kind of brought him out of it, and then he finally got like a spark where he was looking at, at Pirtle and saying, like, I, you are nothing to me. I will dominate you. And that's when he started getting him on the block and getting to the turnaround fadeaways and just had a run there in the third quarter where we were like, oh, my God, Joel looks like himself. Had a little spark. It was nice. Um, he was on a roll and Daniel House Jr. was on the floor. And here's the thing about a guy like Daniel House Jr. Again, it's the Mark Sanchez effect, right? You start him one game, you're going to be like, wow, this guy's an NFL quarterback or, or Gardner Minshew effect, right? You start him two games, three games. Wow, how's this guy not starting on an NFL team? And then if you give him too much time, he will show you why He's in the position he's in, right? Daniel House Jr., same situation. I love what he does in a certain amount of minutes. I love what he does when he gets time on the floor. When he has too much time on the floor, he reminds everyone why he doesn't get much time on the floor. Joel Embiid was cooking at the end of the third quarter. Daniel House Jr. got the ball in the wing, and for some reason, in his mind, he said, it's my turn. And there's a play, if you guys were watching the game or if you watched the replay, Joel is right in front of his face calling for the ball. And he didn't give it to him. He did like a double pump fake. He took a dribble, and then he tried to pass it underneath to Joel, threw it at his feet for a turnover. They had another turnover. At, at the end of the third, they went on like a, I don't even know what the run was. A lot of it was because of Daniel House Jr. having the ball in his hands. I was like, get him out of here, bro. Please call a timeout and get him out of here. How in the world did Daniel House Jr. end Joel Embiid's scoring run in the third quarter? It was crazy. It was like that play where J.R. Smith didn't give the ball to LeBron. Remember that? It was just like, bro, stop, man. Stop, Daniel House, please stop. You just can't. We're in a situation right now without a couple of guys where you got to play guys like that, but it's just funny that I'm like, up, oh, yep, that's, you know, and I don't get too mad about it. It's just Daniel House Jr. He's just a role player who's, if you give him too much time, he's going to remind you. It, 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 you know, Robert Covington, same situation. He's not supposed to be in that situation. I just thought it was crazy because, like, it should be pretty obvious what your job is in that situation. It's to give the ball to Joel Embiid and go somewhere else. Daniel House Jr. is a crazy motherfucker, dude. He is. He is. You got to just laugh when he does things like that. But my God, please get him off the floor when he's doing that. Um, What happened in the fourth quarter? We extended the lead with Joel on the bench. Maxie hit two huge threes. Um, the refs overturned the foul call on Joel. And I, once again, we get this marginal contact bullshit from the NBA. They call a foul, right? They review the foul. Pirtle has his hand on Joel's hip and is pushing him while he's shooting the ball. That's a foul. The NBA officials say, upon review, it was a foul, but it wasn't a hard enough foul. So we're overturning it. It was marginal contact. When did that start? What is marginal contact? If you're making contact with an offensive player that affects his shot, it's a foul. I don't understand that. But, you know, end of the game, I said, Maxi, you got to put him away. You got to put him away. And uh, I don't remember then if he if it was a three that he hit or a drive in for an and one or what it was. I don't remember off the top of my head, but Tyrese Maxi put him away. And uh, 
Yeah. Yep. Let's see who. What, what other stats we got? Not many stats from anyone else. Three players in third in the thirties. That's pretty crazy. When's the last time the Sixers had three players score thirty points in a game? Uh, Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid continue to be the best two man game in, in in the NBA. Which is, if if I said that to some of you guys in the middle of this past summer, you would have told me I'm uh, an idiot. Um, Ubre Junior's been struggling, man. Ubre Junior's been struggling. Is he coming down to earth? Is Ubre Junior coming back down to earth? You know what I'm saying? We 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 sign Ubre this offseason. Uh he was just so on fire, so playing above what everyone knew of him as an NBA player the first couple of games of the season and uh you know 27 point game, 25 point game. Uh Ubre looked like the third best player on the team then he has the whatever it was, got hit by a car allegedly. Uh and you know, comes back with after the rib injury and uh, just struggled shooting the ball. Three for nine in this game, two for six, eight points. Uh, he had a really bad game. I think it was the Wizards game where he was like oh for nine or something. Uh, he just needs to see the ball go through the hoop and get get a little bit of a rhythm back. But I would love to see him get back to what he was doing in the beginning of the season. We'll see. I still love Kelly Oubre as a as a piece on this team, definitely. Uh, but he seems to be, uh, you know, seems to be coming back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, Ubre is healing. Um, I've been watching him since warriors. He's a 20 point per game player. I mean, if he wasn't healed, he wouldn't be playing. Um, he'll be back, bro. I love Kelly. I love Kelly too, man. Uh, let's see this last time. The last time was 1961 that they had three players score 30 points in a game. Damn. That's crazy. He's still solid. Kelly. O. You got to love Kelly, man. Uh, what's RB going to do with this podcast when Paul Reed gets traded next season? Well, that's a really interesting uh, question that I don't know why you would ask me. <laughs> All right, guys. Hot takes, questions, comments, concerns. Give me your thoughts in the chat. Uh, give me your thoughts in the chat. And, uh, you know, give me something good, bro. <laughs> That was so random. Uh, Ubre got his confidence knocked out of him by the car. Um, yeah, he'll get it back, man. You know, he had a dunk in this game that was nice under the rim, and I was like, that's all he needed was to, you know, dunk the ball, see it go through the hoop a little bit, and get his confidence back. He's never been an efficient shooter. That's the interesting part. You know, he's never been an efficient shooter. He was very inefficient on some of those bad teams, the Wizards and the Hornets. And he came here and he just looked like he fit in perfectly. And uh, we were kind of blaming it on those are bad teams and he's not a shot creator. And my same take with OG Ananobi, which is on a team with stars that lead the team where you can just play your role, you look a lot better. So when OG looks this bad on the Raptors, just keep that in mind. That's all I'm saying. And you should like that he looks bad because he's lower in his trade value maybe a little bit. But Ubre, same situation. Playing on bad teams, inefficient, doesn't look like a good player at all. Almost didn't get a contract this season. Comes here at the beginning of this season, it looks like a perfect piece. So fit, you know, is it, it fit has a lot to do with a lot of things, man. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. He looked like a very efficient player at the beginning of the season, and uh, you know, I don't know if he's coming back down to earth uh, or if he's just in a slump and he comes out of it. I hope he comes out of it. Uh, he airballed a three early in the game. That was you know a wide open one, um, and then he shot another one and and, and swished it and. One thing I definitely love about Kelly Oubre, and I say it all the time, is that he never loses confidence. He has no conscience. He has no uh, short-term memory. He'll always let it fly. He's one of those guys. He's a go-get-it guy. If he's 0 for 10 and he's open, he's shooting it again. And I love that about him. I love those kind of players. No fear. No fear whatsoever, which is how he broke his ribs on a mountain bike. But, oh, I'm sorry. He got hit by a car, allegedly. Uh, Mitch, what's up, man? I want to see Sixers versus Clippers finals wouldn't that be fun to watch? There we go, Mitch. That's what I needed. That's what I need. Those are the kind of comments that I need. Sixers Clippers finals. The Clippers are playing uh, great right now. Um, you know, and everybody knew they. It's not like Harden was going to go there and they were going to be good right away. They needed chemistry, uh, and Harden was out of shape. I, I will give him credit. He got. He looks like he's in pretty good shape now. He looks like he's fitting in well. They look like they, you know, everybody's playing their role the right way. 
Uh, but if the past couple of years told you anything, the last person on this earth that you should trust to show up when it matters the most is James Harden. Uh, I don't think the Clippers are coming out of the West. I don't think the Clippers are coming. If they all stay healthy, I'll say this. If, and it's a big if because it hasn't happened in the past couple years. If they all stay healthy and James Harden stays away from partying until 5 in the morning the night before games, if James Harden actually focuses on his diet and his sleep schedule, they'll they'll come out of the West. But he's not going to do that. I watched it happen. I watched it happen. When he was well-rested and was serious, he was still very good. The problem is he wasn't dedicated enough, and you could absolutely tell when he was playing hungover. It is what it is. Uh, You got to give Harden his flowers. Eh, no, I don't. (laughs) I hold grudges. Something I do, you know? Uh, Josh Hughes, Zach will just take the ball out of Tyrese's hands just like Harden did. Exactly. I'm not looking for a scorer. I'm not looking for a scorer. I think Maxie's playing a perfect game right now. Maxie and Embiid are working perfectly together right now. I do not want a, a third player. You know, someone was saying in the playback stream that we should get uh, Kawhi Leonard in the offseason. I'm like, why are we saying this? Why are we saying this? You don't want to add a player who thinks he's a first option. You want to add players that can bolster the middle of the roster. The Alex Caruso types, the OG Ananobi types, the Malcolm Brogdon types, the Laurie Markinen. I don't even say his name a lot because I think he's so unattainable. But a player like that who has star potential but can play off ball and really is an unselfish player and really doesn't demand the ball and really could help you in a lot of different ways. Offensively, defensively, 40% three-point shooter. What is he, 6'11", 7 feet tall? I made the video on OG Ananobi because I think it's a realistic trade option, right? I haven't even given my opinion on Laurie Marketing because I just don't think it's a realistic trade option. That would... Sixers land Laurie Markin in somehow, some way. They're a championship favorite. 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 But unfortunately, I I, I just I don't see that happening. Um I don't see that happening. Uh yeah, I don't see that happening. Robert Covington is leading the league in deflections. Dude, Robert Covington's defense has been insane. Do you like every game I watch when he comes in? Robert Merrick, thanks for subscribing to the channel, man. I appreciate you. Robert Covington, every time he comes in the game, I see him making life hell for, for the offense. It's unbelievable. I don't remember I remember Robert Covington being a good defender. But he gets his hand on almost every pass when he's in the game. It's it's absolutely crazy. Plucking from behind and just interrupting passing lanes and stuff. It, it it doesn't shock me that he leads the league in deflections. That's that's wild. That's wild. Um, when Boston loads up in on Joe like always, and White and Holiday are thrown at Maxi, you're gonna wish you had a third scorer. Levine shot 44 percent on catch and shoot threes. By the way, that's a great catch and shoot three percentage. Uh, Levine also has a game where he scored two points in 27 minutes. And for me, it's just, I don't think Daryl Morey is going to, which is why there's not a lot, there's no trade. It was already reported that there's hardly any trade interest in Zach Levine because he's on a super max contract. He's getting paid upward. I mean, he's getting Damian Lillard money. He's getting like 59 million is the last year of his contract. You're locked into four years. One of the highest paid players in the league. And he's just not leading. You know, he doesn't look he doesn't look like he's worth it. If he was if he was on a contract that made more sense, a hundred percent I would say yes to Zach Levine. 
But for four years at that at 50 some million a year, you got to be damn sure that that's the guy you want for the rest of Joel Embiid's prime. And I just can't, I can't put that much trust into Zach Levine. If Maury does it, it wouldn't totally shock me because Daryl Maury loves him some big names. So, you know, we'll see if it happens. Uh, it's, I, I think he's attainable trade-wise. I don't think it's going to take much to get him, but that's because the contract is so bad. And the Bulls are playing better without him right now, Barry Green says, which is true. <laughs> I, I, just, I can't. I can't swing that I can't swing that Zach Levine contract, man. I can't. But you believe OG should be next to Embiid for his prime. Yeah, I don't think OG's gonna be a sixty million dollar a year player. OG Ananobi's a defensive player of the year candidate every year. He's twenty six. He shoots thirty nine percent on catch and shoot threes. Doesn't require the ball in his hands, can catch and shoot, and plays a high-level defense. At a more affordable price, I presume, than Zach Levine. That's just what I think. That's just what I think. But again, everyone's a prisoner of the moment, so they see this game with OG Ananobi, and they're already hitting me up on Twitter and everywhere saying, you know, I don't want him because look how much he sucked in this one game. And Tobias drops 33 points and everyone's going to act like, oh, the Facebook groups are probably going nuts, dude. I left all the Facebook groups because I never seen there's so many Tobias Harris defenders in my life. It's got to be his his immediate family in there or something. Uh, you know, Tobias has this game and OG Ananobi stinks it up in this game and now everyone's saying, you know, Tobias is the guy that we can't get rid of and OG sucks. So prisoners of the moment, it is what it is. Hey, listen. Either way, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you hanging out with me uh, for another edition of Sixers Post Game Live. These episodes of Run It Back Philly are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you want them in audio form. Thank you to Aura for sponsoring the channel. Sixers win again. couple days off, and then we got the Miami Heat on Christmas Day. If you're not in the playback streams, you're missing out. 8 o'clock on Christmas Day. Call me a Sixer sicko. It's what we are. I'm going to be here on Christmas Day. Only the real sickos will be there. 